where the DJ talks. Don't say anything. Okay. Each of these media creates a uh, new environment. It creates a new situation for human association and human perception. Any medium at all creates a new pattern, a new, a new atmosphere, a new environment of human perception, which works upon the whole man. It works upon the whole society. That is the effect of a medium. It has that total pervasive effect. That is the message that social change that is brought about. The content of the medium is never the message because the content is always the old medium. From the vast wilds of the Great White North for the week of October the 30th, 2022, it's TVA, a Canadian perspective on television from north of the 49th parallel. I'm Greg David. And I'm Amy Wilson. And we would like you to put your television on mute or pause your streaming service for episode 254 of TVA, the podcast. Hey, everybody. It's uh, good to be back again. Thank you for joining us, streaming us, downloading us to your devices, however you access us. Thank you so much. Um, before we get into what's going on in the calendar, the Canadian television calendar, and uh, some news stories, I just want to apologize for the awful, awful sound on my side of the discussion last time. I was using... Um, my Apple AirPods, and clearly they're not great. It sounded like someone was smothering me, and I was trying to talk from underneath a pillow. So yeah. hopefully I sound better this time. Yeah, sorry about that, Greg. You sounded okay on this end, but yeah, I heard that recording. Not so good. So No, as soon as I hit, like as soon as I started listening to it, I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay, well, I'll just put it in an apology and hope for the best next time. So that's what I'm doing. That is what I'm doing. Uh, before we get to the calendar, which has only three items uh, coming up for shows returning or debuting in the next couple of weeks, it is time for the drink report. Amy, what have you got? Mm -hmm. Ah, well, as you know, Greg, I love Halloween. And uh, so I'm getting trying to get in the spirit here. Well, I have water at the moment, but right after this podcast, I'm going to get in the spirit and I'm going to bring up something very controversial, maybe the most controversial thing I've ever brought up, and that Ooh. is candy corn. Okay. Candy corn, <laughs> yeah. Yep. You either love it or you hate it, and I'm in the love it category. And you cannot get it over here, but okay. our neighbor just went to Boston to visit their son and offered to bring me um, – uh, back uh, a few treats and I asked for candy corn and she brought, <laughs> brought me two huge bags of Brock's candy corn, which I've been munching on for two days now and I should be sick of it, but I'm not. So I'm making a um, candy corn cocktail, which involves <laughs> boiling down, down the candy corn to, to make simple syrup. And, and then you mix it with vodka and some soda water. I have not had it. It might be deplorable, but hey, you know, if you can't have a deplorable thing on Halloween, when can you have it? So I'm going to try that later, my candy corn cocktail. Hey, so, uh, and who is, where are you getting the recipe from? Is this a Jamie Oliver? Is this a Nigella? Who's, yeah. who's created this? <laughs> oh, the, the top chefs in France have done <laughs> yeah. this. I, yes, yes. Uh, I, something I found on the internet. I, 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 you know, just Googled to see if anyone was insane enough to do it. And there are several. So I've just chosen the simplest one that I have uh, uh, everything on hand for. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, so vodka, so soda water, and candy corn simple syrup with okay, the candy I, corn garnish that's important oh of course of course yeah yeah yeah. okay uh well mm. i mean in in you know just thinking about it it makes sense to make a simple syrup out of the candy corn so i'm with you on that what will be interesting to see is if there's like a candy corn tinge to the syrup 
or whether it'll be clear and then what effect if there's a color what what effect that'll have on the uh, on the cocktail itself according to the pictures on the website it's kind of orange so it <laughs> you know good. it kind of looks like candy corn so good. i'm hoping for that i'd be disappointed if it was clear yeah, yeah. Well, next time we record, we'll get an update on on what that was like. And of course, if you want to post it on your social media, you can always do okay. that as well. Uh, for right. me, for a drink, I'm just having water right now. But as I showed you before we hit record, um, I have a handful of LCBO gift cards that have been given to me over the last couple of years. And I just haven't had a chance to cash them in. So I'm going to go to the LCBO later this afternoon, which involves going into Ontario. Uh, and probably buying um, some wine and some beer, and I'm going to probably buy some farmhouse cider, which is a, a cider mm. uh, a cidery in Caledon, Ontario, um, that I have supported in the past. They were actually a sponsor for a while um, for the podcast, so I'm going to do go and um, give them some of my gift card money uh, later this afternoon. So that that'll be sponsoring uh, the website or I'm the podcast. Jealous, Greg. The podcast, excuse me. The yes, podcast, I love cider. Oh, yes. I love cider. That sounds uh, good. Okay, so let's get into the calendar. And um, there's, like I said, there's only a few shows that are going to be coming up in the next couple of weeks. The first of which actually kicks off tonight. So if you're listening to the podcast and you're and you're thinking that this one sounds interesting, uh, check it out on Travel and Escape. It's called Haunted Gold Rush. And this show is all about, it's a two-part original documentary where three best friends who just happen to be paranormal investigators. As you do. As you do. As you do. Mm -hmm. Head to uh, the the BC interior um, and they're they're just, they're tracking uh, the gold rush and some of the haunted stories that are going on, that have gone on uh, over the uh, the decades. Uh, The production company sent me the first episode, which I watched. It was just okay to me. Um, I've become very snobbish when it comes to a paranormal programming, um, unless I actually see evidence of something moving uh, or evidence of, of some spirit or a voice or something like that. I tend to tune out a little bit. And so this one was a little bit uh, mad for me. Uh, that said, if you are a fan of, I, you know, I still think people should, should tune in and check it out, but don't expect any kind of groundbreaking things. Don't expect, you know, a, something to come up with a holding on to a, a big chunk of gold or something like that because it, that isn't going to happen <laughs> what you do uh, yeah i know what you do get out of it though are some stories the history of the area the history of the gold rush in canada and some of the stories of the people that lived and you know per- participated in the gold rush so if you're into that great for for scares there aren't any Sorry. Okay. I saw I saw a clip and it had some of the they were talking about the history of uh, uh, one of the the, the towns and it, yeah. that part was interesting, but it was only like fifteen seconds. So that's all I've seen. So I like the history, but I cannot uh, speak to the scares. So I'm going to have to take your word for it, Greg. And yeah, there and were no scares. I wouldn't be. Oh, all right. All right. Uh, the other show that is going to be. Um, uh, the the second show that's kicking off is going to be so 
Monday night, Halloween. Don't know what mm. uh, you know theme this has to do with Halloween, but uh, it's another season of Mud Mountain Haulers. This is the second season that's kicking off Monday at 10 p.m. Eastern. This is a, a one of those Discovery Canadian original series that uh, covers loggers uh, in the in Canada and everything that they do. So this is a follows brothers Shane and Chad Glover. They're second generation loggers based in the Kootenay region of BC, and along with their father, they battle treacherous terrain, unpredictable predictable weather and complex machinery to get their logs to the mill. And again, if you watch any of these logging shows, it's pretty much what you expect. It's, it's people fighting the weather, uh, the elements as they try to cut down trees with massive machinery, great big chainsaws and get them to the mill on time so that they can make money. You can of course be injured at any point during this process. So it's always fun. Ah, maybe funds. I'm always curious to see how these manly men do these things because they're the types of jobs that I, I know that I can't do. I can't be a logger. Mm-hmm. I can't be a crab fisherman. Uh, you know, any of those things I just cannot do. I cannot be, uh, I can't do those gigs like the men and women that do those gigs do so uh, mud mountain haulers check that out to monday night at 10 p.m on uh discovery it sounds uh adventurous <laughs> so, yes yeah. much more then, than i am so yeah do you even watch these types of shows like do you are you uh, into that this stuff i think you've said um, before you are kind of yeah yeah I, i've seen some um anything fishing logging whatever i watch it for a little while just yeah out of the curiosity to see how some of these things are done and that that part's fascinating but uh but yeah i tend to tune out after a season or so i'm kind of guilty of that well a show that you and i both talked about when this was announced uh this is pamela's garden of eden hgtv Mm -hmm. canada kicks off thursday november the 3rd uh, 10 p.m. Eastern and Pacific on HGTV Canada. And uh, Amy, you mentioned this a few weeks ago when it was announced. So in the very first episode, Pamela Anderson and her dream team start with a small but essential project um, as they uh, as they work on her grandmother's uh, grandmother's waterfront property. It's six mm-hmm. acres, and they uh, they transform the unfinished roadhouse basement into a charming laundry area, pantry, and mudroom. I think you wanted to watch mm-hmm. this. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it sounds interesting. It's a, a different, definitely a different format to see Pamela Anderson in. And as she said, she was literally probably conceived right at that uh, on her grandmother's property. So she's going back to her roots. And as I said, <laughs> there might eventually be ghosts. So well, yes. that, that usually gets me to tune in. Yes. So yes. There you go. Uh, uh, so chorus HGTV Canada hasn't sent out any um, any screeners for the first episode so that that may come this week and they haven't announced any kind of interviews with Pamela Anderson I'm not sure whether she would be doing uh, you know press interviews with the you know the likes of the TVAs mm-hmm. of the world but they'll be on she'll be on ET Canada like the big chorus shows for sure everybody wants to talk to Greg David come on uh no uh, you'd be you'd be shocked not everybody not everybody does a lot of people do but i don't know i don't know we'll see i'm not sure what i would say to pamela anderson because i've seen the tommy lee tape so i don't really need uh, um, i think yeah I think, yeah i can never that might cloud your thoughts it yeah. would definitely cloud my thoughts for sure uh okay so that's it for the the calendar so let's uh let's roll up the calendar let's put that calendar away and let's get to some new stories and amy you've got the first one 
Okay, yes. CBC has announced casting for Essex County, its new limited series based on Jeff Lemire's graphic novel trilogy. Uh, Molly Parker, Brian J. Smith, Stephen McCaddy, Finlay Wojtek Hissong, and Kevin Durand will be will headline the series, uh, which follows the intertwining lives of two families living in a rural, rural community and explores how loss, betrayal, and trauma can impact generations and how human connection can lead to redemption. Uh, Jeff Lemire wrote the five-episode series and is also the showrunner. And uh, Emmy winner Andrew Andrew Sibid, I cannot say this today Sibidino, uh is directing. He did Shit's Creek and Sleeping Giant. It was filmed in North Bay, Ontario, and production wrapped on September 30th. It's set to premiere on CBC and CBG, CBC Gem in, in the winter of 2023. Meanwhile, ITV Studios and Media Musketeer Studios are shopping the show on the international market, which means I might eventually get to see it. So this one sounds pretty interesting. Um, I don't... if. If people have read the books, they'll know what it's about. But um, I, just from the the, the uh, press release, despite it says, despite the appearances of a close knit community, many of the Essex County residents are isolated and lonely. Eleven year old Lester, who's played by Finley Wojtek, his song has moved in with his uncle Ken, played by Brian, uh, Brian J. Smith, after the death of his mother. Um, Ken is a stoic farmer and must contend with his own grief and fears while raising Lester, even as Lester looks for a father in Jimmy, Kevin Durand, uh, a man who can barely take care of himself. Anne, played by Marley, Molly Parker, is a nurse and a mother who, after a lifetime of caring for others, finds herself at a crossroads when her daughter leaves for university. So um, it's through Lester, Lou and Lester that the viewer enters a world of magic realism. Uh, Lou's present begins to merge with his past, and he literally haunts his own memories. So that sounds interesting. I don't know how visually that's going to be done. I have not read the books, so I'm totally going by the press release here. I don't know if you've seen or read the books or, or seen anything from this. No, it's uh, I've seen the graphic novels on bookstore shelves. I know that it's award-winning. I know that lots of people have have talked about how great it is. So I'm glad that it's being brought to CBC and CBC Gem. Um, I know Molly Parker from Deadwood and Kevin Durant mm-hmm. from Vikings. So excited to see them in this new project. And yeah, there's a there's a lot of buzz around this. And not, you know, not knowing anything about the source material, I'm excited to check it out. And and I actually should be ordering up um, the 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 original graphic novel just. So so that I can get a little bit more acquainted with the source material, but yeah, I'm looking forward to this. And when we when I posted this story that this the casting had been uh, announced, people were like right into it. So there are some, especially the writers, writers and producers in Canadian TV are very excited about this project. So yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Okay, so I've got the next story, and that is about the third and final season of the Hardy Boys. So Chorus Entertainment and Nelvana have both uh, announced that production has started on the third and final season of their popular live action series, The Hardy Boys. It's going to be eight episodes uh, based on the books by w, uh, Franklin W. Dixon. It's a daytime Emmy-nominated mystery drama. And the third season picks up where the shocking events of season two left off. The Hardy Boys and their friends dig up even more secrets, conspiracies, and threats as they piece together their great-grandfather's long-lost map and race against time to uncover a powerful ancient relic before it falls into the wrong ha- hands. The uh, the cast, the main cast, is all back. Uh, the, it's 
You know, I've seen uh, the first season of The Hardy Boys, and I'm halfway through the second season of the show. And uh, it won a Canadian Screen Award at the at the most recent awards, and I really enjoyed it. I mean, I'm not the audience. This is a uh, you know airs on uh, YTV, uh, but I definitely have enjoyed it. And it is also available on Disney Plus. So if you've got Disney Plus, you can see the first two seasons of The Hardy Boys there. Um, uh, I'm just double checking to make sure. Yes, Disney Plus. <laughs> Uh, Rowan Campbell is in this. He was most recently was in the latest uh, Halloween movie. So there were a lot Mm -hmm. of headlines around him being in that. But uh, yeah, definitely check out the Hardy Boys. I think it has the vibe and the feel of the books. Uh, I read the books when I was a little little kid and uh, they were just creepy enough. Mm -hmm. Um, Not too creepy. And um, that's kind of the vibe of this show too. Creepy, but not too creepy. That's good. Well, how does it compare to the Hardy Boys of our childhood, Greg, having seen the, uh, the new one? Yeah, well, I mean, it's set in the 80s. So unlike, you know, the 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 books that were set, I guess they were probably in the 50s, judging by the haircuts and, and everything. I'm yeah. trying to remember. Uh, so they have brought it up to the 80s. So I would say that the strongest part, like, you know, obviously the 80s clothing and the 80s soundtrack plays a huge part mm-hmm. in the storytelling. And that may be why... It's. I liked it because the the 80s kid in me is like, yay, my childhood mm-hmm. or my teenagehood all over again. So, yeah, I, I, I like it. Okay, that's good. I'll have to check it out myself because I have not seen it yet. Okay, well, you uh-huh. have got, you may have seen this, at least the original yeah. source material for this next story. Yeah, this is a big one for uh, TVA fans. I know lots of Murdoch mystery fans over there. Um, Shaftesbury has kicked off production of the Murdoch spinoff series, Macy Murdoch for CBC Gem. The digital tween series will follow the adventures of detective William Murdoch's tra- time traveling great, great, great granddaughter, Macy, who is trying to unravel a 100 year old mystery with the help of her two friends, Zane and Billy. Uh, Canadian Screen Award winner, Shailen Pierre Dixon, who was previously in Pretty Hard Cases in the Book of Negroes, is leading the series as Macy, with Bohan Bridge co-starring as Zane and Rafa Virago, Virago co-starring as Billy. There will also be special guest appearances by Spen- uh, Spencer West, Shanice Banton, and Lachlan Murdoch. And um, I don't know if uh, if the man himself will show up uh, and make a special appearance, um, but uh, yeah, maybe you know more about that. But uh, as far as the plot goes, it will focus on 16-year-old Macy is a forensic uh, wonderkind who uh, and unravels a century-old mystery with the help of her two friends when a villain uses a time machine to frame famous Edwardian-era detective William Murdoch for murder. Macy and her friends travel back in time to find the real perpetrator of the crime. Not only are the teens trying to crack a difficult case, but the trio are undercover trying to solve a mystery in 1910 without the help of modern technology. That might be the most scary thing for them, I would imagine. <laughs> no yeah. phones, no, you know, no cell phones, no apps, nothing to help out. No TikTok to reference to learn how to do anything. Yeah. So so I uh, do you know much about this one, Greg, since you are you are the Murdoch Mysteries aficionado. Yeah, I mean, I don't know too much about this. I think you bring up a good question about whether uh Yannick Bisson will appear. You know, he may appear in the first episode, but it's the idea isn't that he's gonna be part of this necessarily. The other thing that um, you know, I think when I posted on 
when we posted on Facebook about this, there were a lot of people that were talking about how excited they were to, to see this series. Now, this is not a television series. This is going to be on CBC Gem. So these are going to be eight episodes of 11 minutes each. 11 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I just want to make sure because even though I posted that on the Facebook page or the Murdoch page, people were still talking about it as being a TV series and being excited about it. So I want to temper that excitement yeah. that they're only yeah, going to yeah, be. These are little shorts. Yeah. These are going to be shorts. But on the other hand, as I've, I've said, this is, I think, this is Shaftesbury and CBC dipping a toe in the possible Murdoch spinoff series, uh, you know, like a legitimate spinoff series, because the end of Murdoch Mysteries is coming. Listen, we're 16 seasons into that show. It's not going to last forever. And I don't know anything. Um, nobody has told me anything on or off the record about whether the, you know, the show is going to continue past this 16th season. But, you know, it would be crazy to kill off this franchise. And the way that you mm-hmm. test if there's an interest in that franchise is that you do a spinoff like this. So um, I'm interested in seeing how they do it. Um, I'm always thrilled to see something new going on in the Murdoch uh, world. Um, but, uh, yeah, beyond the fact mm-hmm. that they're doing this, uh, I don't know anything. All right. Well, filming is currently underway in Toronto, and the series will debut on CBC Gem in the spring of 2023. So there you go. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good news. Good news for Murdoch fans. Something else to watch and and buy swag uh, for. Uh, (laughs) All right. So the next one is me. And this is another production uh, production note. This production is underway on season two of CBC's Run the Burbs. So CBC and Pier 21 Films announced uh, back on the 20th of October that uh, production is underway in and around Toronto on the second season of Run the Burbs. It's, of course, created by Andrew Fung and Scott Townend and uh, follows the this uh, family about life in the suburbs. Uh, the the and the fam family, that was what I was trying to get out, the family, P-H-A-M, fam family, uh, living in the suburbs. And uh, it's going to be, it's just coming back for a second season. No real surprise. The ratings were great for the first season. Um, I enjoyed the storytelling. It's so nice to see diverse, a diverse cast of characters mm-hmm. on the small screen on CBC. And um, all of the series regulars are back and just looking to see whether they mentioned anything about guest stars. Um, we do know that Gavin Crawford is going to be part of it. Uh, the great Canadian baking show Anne Pornell. She's one of the, uh, the co-hosts and Dakota Ray a is going to be in it as well. And Anthony Q Farrell joins the creative team as the executive producer mm-hmm. and showrunner. And uh, he most recently came off of, uh, of Digstown. So uh, we'll be great to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, will be great to see the second season of uh, of Run the Burbs because I, I really liked it the first time around. Yeah, I saw the first three episodes, I believe, and yeah, I really enjoyed them more than I thought it was going to. It was quite the <laughs> uh, yeah, it, a lot of good laughs and it's just lighthearted. And I yeah, I kicked back and I kept on pressing play on the, my screeners. So good show. Awesome. All right. All right. All right. So the next one is a show we talked about before and from a production company we've talked about quite a bit. Um, Marble Media's Race Against the Tide um, has been renewed for a third season on CBC. Uh, The popular sand sculpture competition series, which is filmed on iconic New River Beach on the Bay of Fundy in New Brunswick, will introduce an all-new expanded format when it returns in 2023. The date has not been announced yet. Instead of 10 teams of two 
two world-class sculptors, like in seasons one and two, there will now be 12 duos divided into two groups of six who will have to dig, pound, carve, and sculpt their way through four qualifying rounds. The top two teams from each round will face off in the semifinal, and one team will eventually walk away with a grand prize of $10,000. Maestro Fresh West will return as the host for season three, as will judges Karen Freilich and Rusty Croft. And uh, yeah, as we've said before, Marble, Marble Media has been producing some of the best reality uh, competition shows out there, according to us. You know, <laughs> you know who, who cares what we think? But uh, but yeah, because they've done other series like A Cut Above and Blown Away, which and we both really like in particular Blown Away which are our new episodes on Netflix. I need to check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, anyway, but they've been bringing some innovation innovation to the genre, I think. And uh, so I'm glad Racing as the Tides has been greenlit for another round. And I guess it was doing pretty good in the in the ratings for, uh, for its second season. So I guess it's not a surprise that it got uh, picked up again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I agree with everything that you said about uh, about liking the stuff. Marble Media is a great production company. Um, Mark Bishop, who is one of the executive producers and and uh, one of the 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 big bosses at uh, at Marble Media, he actually I think is one of the co owners. Um, and uh, he was posting some pictures on Instagram about filming already being underway and how excited he was. So yeah, I'm excited about another season of uh, Race Against the Tide and thrilled that Maestro is is going to be back uh, to host the uh, program as well. Yeah. Now, others. The, so we go from production to uh, renewals to now retirements. And this is David Suzuki, world-renowned environmentalist and science broadcaster. David Suzuki will retire next spring after 43 years as host of CBC's The Nature of Things, which he which he's hosted since October the 24th of 1979. Uh, he announced this during an interview that he did with Ian Hannah Mansing on CBC's The National, where he talked about his legacy and meaningful moments and hopes for the future. This is TV's longest-running science series. It's the second, the 60 second season is kicking off on Friday, January the 6th of 2023. And his final episode is set to air in the spring. They're making plans for a new host uh, for Mm. the nature thing. So the show itself isn't going away, but he is. Um, David Suzuki said, I've been fortunate to have been endowed with good health, which has enabled me to remain the host of the series long after my best before date. Aging is a natural biological process that creates opportunity for fresher, more imaginative input from younger people. And for years, I've warned that to ensure the continuation of the nature of things, we must prepare for the transition when I leave. That moment is now. I mean, uh, David Suzuki stopped being like the on-camera host uh, years ago and has just been the voice mm-hmm. of the nature of things, either narrating uh, the entire entire episodes or just doing the, you know, kind of throws to the uh, the episodes themselves. Um, but yeah, I mean, growing up, uh, I, w- I was not watching the show in 1979 when it first kicked off because I was just a young punk of eight years old at that time. But I've mm-hmm. certainly, uh, I have certainly enjoyed watching the show um, over the last, oof, at least 10 years and covering it regularly on TVA and uh and I was lucky enough to talk to David Suzuki several years ago and when I think it was for maybe hmm. the sixth maybe it was the 60th anniversary so maybe it was just only a few years ago that I interviewed him or I interviewed him for his birthday I can't remember what it was but anyway it was a real personal thrill even though I forgot the date it was a real personal yeah. thrill to talk to David <laughs> Suzuki so congratulations uh, Dr. Suzuki you have uh, you definitely earned the right to sit down and put your feet up although I know that's not what you're going to be doing um, but uh, yeah well done well done and 
Out of curiosity, Greg, have you ever sat down and listed everyone that you've ever interviewed? Have you ever tried to do a list? And it's got to be an astronomical list by now. Uh, if people ask me all the time, who have you interviewed? And I usually draw a blank. I say, um, you know, I'll mention like Murdoch Mysteries. I'll mention Donald Trump when he was the host of The Apprentice. I'll oh talk about, you know, Jeff Probst. Like it tends to be a lot of reality people that, that, the, that I'll mention. But yeah, I mean, even going back to when I worked at TV Guide, the number of cassette tapes and micro cassette tapes that I have of, of interviews. It's just crazy. And just a wide range of people like, you know, for every David Suzuki, uh, I'll talk to, I'll be like Kenneth Brana. I interviewed him. Um, oh, really? I, yeah. Yeah. Um, Jeffrey Rush. Um, yeah. I really had, you know, some real, uh, um, some just great opportunities to interview uh, Hugh Laurie. Uh, I mean, it's just oh, been, yeah. it's been awesome. Yeah. Like a who, like I've been really, really lucky. It's been a who's who of people that I've had a chance to talk to um, over the years. And, and David Suzuki is definitely one of those highlights. Stephen Fry was another highlight. Oh, um, that's outstanding. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Lucky you. I have a long list, but I don't quite have the names on it that you do, but uh, do you ever find yourself watching a TV show and it like watch several episodes before you like, Oh my God, I interviewed that person and I totally forgot that until now. That's unfortunately happened to me a few times. It, it hasn't happened to me. I'll blurt out that I interviewed them and my family's like, they don't care. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm like, hey, <laughs> no I interviewed cares. that guy. And they're like, so what? No. I'm like, okay, well, shut up. At least I remembered. So no, uh, yeah, mm. there, there are an awful lot of people. And normally when I'm watching an international show, I'll say, oh, that person's Canadian because I've spoken to them. So they find yeah. that mildly interesting. Um, but yeah. Yeah, it tends to be more of a party trick for me. My wife doesn't care. Yes. Nobody in my family cares. But basically, if you're, you know, with somebody else that might minorly be, even they aren't interested generally, they're like, oh, really? Oh. And then they'll talk about the pate or something. You know, it's just like they, they just don't care. <laughs> you're so right. Party trick is the perfect word to describe what we have. Because, yeah, we've yeah. spoken to all of these people. And it's really only inside baseball, inside TV production that people would even care. And really, only if it's a show that they watch that they care about, right? Exactly. I'll try every once in a while. I'll, I'll, you know, pair up with somebody who, you know, be, be talking to somebody who is interested in a, in a show, really interested in a show that I happen to talk to somebody once for a minute. And like my, uh, we have a couple of friends here, uh, my wife's dear friends, and they very late got into Shit's Creek and I was, you know, able to say that we went to the the Canadian Screen Awards together and yeah. and you know Catherine O'Hara posed for a picture for me and I w- and they and they nearly died. And so and that was like my mud moment of fame with them was that that I was ten feet from Catherine O'Hara yeah. once. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, but no, I was just wondering. Sorry, total tangent there, but no, I appreciate I appreciate the tangent. That's no problem at all. Uh, so that's it for our news stories. And I just thought, uh, you know, you'd mentioned this several weeks ago, Amy, talking a little bit about, uh, you know, Halloween and the fact that we could talk about a Halloween show. And so I pulled one off of the pile. Um, and this is a show that uh, a generation of, of folks have grown up watching. And it's called Are You Afraid of the Dark? And it originally aired on Nickelodeon from 1990 to 1996. Uh, and that is where I remember it from. So I was in college when Are You Afraid of the Dark came out. So I would have seen it just kind of on Family Channel and YTV. Mm-hmm, me when too. It, yeah, when it was there. 
And it's an anthology series that filmed um, in and around the Montreal area. And I wanted to mention it not only just because it's a show that, you know, uh, that generation of kids have, have grown up watching, but also just kind of the star power, uh, the number of, uh, of cast members that have gone on to do other things. And it, the show itself revolved around a group of teenagers who referred to themselves as the Midnight Society, not the Midnight Club, which is a great Netflix series that you should check out, but the Midnight mm-hmm. Society. And in every episode at a secret location in the woods at night, one member would tell a scary story to the group. And the actual story, rather than the telling, was shown to the viewer who was watching that episodes, uh, that episode. And the story was shown between the group's arrival at the site and then them leaving the site. And each story would uh, storyteller would begin their story by saying submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. I call this story story name. They would throw some dust onto the the campfire and there would be sparks and then they would head into the story. I'm on the Wikipedia page and it says that they were actually throwing a handful of coffee mates into the campfire to heighten the flames and produce an eerie white smoke. So the stories, of course, you know, they were a wide range of, of stories, but the cast um, that I wanted to talk about uh, in the first season or the first, the first midnight society iteration from 1991 to 1996 had Ross Hull, who is now a broadcaster for global. He does um weather um he was also on a show called student bodies and uh, uh which was a great show as well um daniel DeSanto, who has moved on to do other um acting gigs and um joanna garcia you can google her um google any of these names but jacob tyranny jumped out at me and i had forgotten that jacob tyranny was on are you afraid of the dark and for you don't those of you that don't know him uh Letter Kenny. Not only is he a director, but he also plays Glenn on Letter Kenny. So that's <laughs> yes. Jacob Tierney. And then in the Midnight Society from 1999 to the year 2000, we had Alicia Cuthbert and Vanessa uh, Lenges. I think it's Lenges rather than Lenges. I'm I apologize if I am mis- mispronouncing your last name, um, Vanessa. But um, she was on American Dreams and Hawthorne. And again, if you Google her, you'll say, oh, yeah, I recognize that face. So I wanted to just mention a couple of the big names associated with Are You Afraid of the Dark? And here in Canada, you there's a YouTube channel called Encore uh, where the uh, they bought the rights to air a whole bunch of old Canadian TV shows and movies, and Are You Afraid of the Dark is available on Encore. At least it was the last time I checked. Uh, yes, I well, I was able to get it on YouTube over here as well. Um, and But we can, uh, in the UK, you can see it on Amazon Prime, but you have to rent it, so it's like mm. a, uh, a pound 99 per episode, two pounds an episode. But the third uh, revival of the series is available on Paramount Plus here. Oh! So, uh, yes. So there is a, well, there was one from 2019 to 2022. Yeah, there was another one. There was, so, um, yeah, that one's on Paramount Plus, and I watched the first episode uh, yesterday. So uh, it it seemed a little spookier than the first than the first series mm. uh, being. I remember that, and uh, I was reading about the show again today too. And uh, it was created by uh, DJ McHale, and he said that he originally that his original pitch to Nickelodeon was rejected for being too scary, and he had to do three pitch uh, sessions with the network to convince them that it was appropriate for younger viewers, and that parents wouldn't complain. So, um, but he finally convinced them, and it has become a classic. 
And um, I, I liked the show for it was a little after my time, just like you, but I did mm-hmm. catch it a few times. And I liked the uh, the Twilight Zone influences, including, you know, that phrase that you said submitted uh uh, for your approval, for the approval of the Midnight Society, which is a play on submitted for your approval uh, that uh, uh, Rod Serling used to say in the Twilight Zone, and uh, also that it was a you know had an anthology format with a host, and that it was storytelling, and you would go into it. So, so yeah, I liked uh, I liked that part of it. But um, if I was a, a tween or teen, I know I would have been totally into that series. I loved stuff like that growing up. So, uh, yeah, I think anybody could check out that show and still enjoy it today. And definitely if you got uh, a, a teen or a tween at home, uh, it would be a good way to spend Halloween, I think, checking out some of these shows from any of the series. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Amy, um, for this week. Um, we're uh, less than a minute to go, so I'm going to say that that wraps up the TVA podcast. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. <laughs> 